Ready to get into the Word this morning? Yeah. All right. Well, last year, around this time, uh, I was having a discussion with somebody about the season of Lent. And they said, can you do a message on Lent? And I said, I can do that. And lo and behold, this year I remembered. So, it's Lent. Time for fish fries. Right? Every Friday. Why fish? Why fish? Well, because there's a large number of people that do not eat meat on Fridays during Lent. Why is that? Good question. Let's go even deeper. What is Lent, anyway? What's it all about? Why do people observe it? And how does it fit in with Scripture? And finally, what does that mean for you and me? The title of the message this morning is, Give It Up for Lent. Okay. A little play on words there. So what is Lent? Well, the origin of Lent can be traced back to what is called the quadrigacena, right? The 40 hours. This was a complete fast that was observed by the early church in recognition and solemn remembrance of the time that Jesus was believed to have been in the tomb. Over the years, however, the practice was influenced by various churches and leaders, and eventually the observance became associated with Christ's own time of fasting in the wilderness, uh, Matthew chapter 4, which expanded then from 40 hours to 40 days. Now, obviously, you can't do a complete fast for 40 days unless you're trying to get to heaven early. Um, so, I mean, food, yes. Water, no. Uh, so this season of fasting then was had begun to be practiced in various different ways. Different groups uh, through the years fasted different things like meat uh, or like Daniel. Uh, when you read the book of Daniel, he went on a fast to the Lord where he fasted all pleasant foods. Uh, I've done that uh, for a period of time, like rice and beans, you know, just just the basics, just to keep things going. Then you, you eat a salad and you, and you grab the salad dressing and you go, oh, no. So, yeah, salad without salad dressing? Yeah, okay. So, obviously. Um, so, that's the kind of thing that happened. And those differences in what is fasted and when it's fasted continue today between different denominations and even within the Catholic Church. Uh, the Roman or Western Catholic Church and the Byzantine or Eastern Catholic Church celebrate Lent in different ways. Now, um, as to the time of year, okay, why, why Lent at this particular uh, time of the year? Because, of course, Easter or Resurrection Sunday is the biggest holy day in the Christian church, isn't it? And it was also one of the most popular days for people to be water baptized, um, affirmed then in their faith, and into membership in the church at the same time. It's interesting to note that in the early centuries, and, and I learned this through one of my uh, seminary classes, um, baptism in those days followed up to three years of instruction before people got baptized. Okay, it was not every head bow, every eye closed, pray your pray this prayer and you're in. Okay, uh, no, they um, 
they made that decision to follow Jesus, no turning back, if you will, uh, with not a, a, a decision of made quickly in the height of emotion or something like that, but a decision made over time with deep understanding, as well as with others uh, being able to observe over a period the evidence of that faith and the transforming work of the Spirit in the life of the individual. And the final phase of that, if you will, was a time of prayer, a time of fasting, a time of deep soul-searching and repentance, which began, you guessed it, 40 days before Easter. Now you kind of see how this thing you know, evolved over the years. Ash Wednesday became the commencement of this phase. Uh, the ashes, why the ashes? The ashes marked those who were entering this period and were a symbol of their repentance and humility before God. This goes all the way back to the Old Testament where it refers to people uh, repenting before the Lord in sackcloth and ashes. Sackcloth is burlap. Uh, they would put on burlap. I just itch thinking about that, don't you? They would clothe themselves in burlap. And then, and then the ashes that they would put on, um, just, just over their heads, it would signify a, a time of deep mourning, right, for, for what they were going through, um, a state of sorrow. So then the ashes of Ash Wednesday then were a sign that these individuals were entering this 40-day period uh, where they would be fasting, where they would be praying, where they would be repenting of all known sin in their lives, where they would be embracing their human weakness and their need of a Savior. Coming then to a place of mourning like Paul came to in Romans chapter 7 where it finally the great Pharisee looked inward and he saw I, the things I want to do I can't do and I don't do and the things I don't want to do, these things that I do. And he came to that place where he said, Oh, wretched man that I am, who will set me free from this body of death? Right. So they would come to that place embracing their human weakness and then turning their eyes upon Jesus and his love for them that led to the cross. His death as their own payment, receiving his mercy, receiving his undeserved grace, all then culminating in their baptism, all culminating in their public profession, I have decided to follow Jesus, no turning back. Faith, not only in salvation, right, through Jesus Christ alone, but also faith, that, that, that symbol of baptism, right? The old person has died, the new person is risen. Faith in that transforming power of God. Faith in the power of the resurrection, as Paul called it, to transform their lives so they could become more and more like Jesus. And the ashes... Okay, were a sign to themselves and a sign to the church, not to the world. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 17, He says, But when you fast, anoint your head 
Wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. See, this is something private. This is something between a person and God. right? Not to tell people what we're giving up or to ask them what they're giving up. Because Jesus said, then you have your reward in full. We get the acknowledgement of man and miss the blessing of God. Back to history. As time went on, okay, um, that, that, that people would be entering into this, this, this phase, right, of, of their walk with the Lord. And something really, really neat happened. Because the people in the congregation knew that this time was coming, that it was a special time, and they wanted to join with these people. They wanted to, to stand with them and, and encourage them and, 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 um, you know, just let them know we're, we're with you in this. Right? So they themselves began to take part in the prayer and the fasting, giving up a type of food or something else during that 40-day period. And also, though, it became for them a great reminder of their own baptism, a great reminder of their own profession of faith before the congregation that they had decided to follow Jesus, no turning back. So it was a time of solidarity with those coming into this, and it was a time to reflect and to look back and say, yeah, that's me too. Right? That's me. So with all that as background, as we look at the season of Lent, the questions we need to ask ourselves are, why do I or why would I participate in Lent? What is it that I am hoping to gain? What is it that I am wanting to accomplish by? And what do the scriptures tell us? Let's look at that last question first. The scriptures actually say nothing about Lent. The only ordinances that Jesus passed on to the church, one of which we will uh, be celebrating today, is communion and water baptism. Okay, Those are the only two um, I hate to use the word ritual, ordinances uh, that Jesus gave to the church to continue to participate in. However, the Bible does talk quite a bit about the practice of fasting. Jesus himself in Matthew chapter 9 said there was no need for the disciples to fast while he was with them, physically among them, um, but he said, when I'm gone, they will Fast. Jesus expects the church to have periods of fasting. Most everybody associates Lent with fasting, don't they? Or giving something up for Lent. So what is fasting really all about? Now, if we're going to talk about Lent, which is a time of faith, what is fasting? Romans chapter 8 and verse 5 says this. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. That whole chapter, that, that victorious chapter, uh, Romans chapter 8, outlines the battle that you and I all face 
right? Between the flesh and the spirit every day of our lives, don't we? Right? There's that constant battle between flesh and spirit. Fasting or intentionally denying the flesh is an action on our part that says, I'm putting the spirit first. I'm putting the spiritual over the physical. I'm setting my mind and my heart on God. I'm putting Him first even over food. It's one thing, you know, to skip a meal. We we skip a meal at work, right? Sometimes because we're just so busy or, or doing whatever. But to go but to go a whole day, the old Jewish fasts were evening to evening. To go a whole day, you start getting hungry. You start realizing I'm doing something here, right? I'm setting my mind. I'm, 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 I'm making God's will and hearing His inner voice more important than my desire to eat. You see where we're going there? An old Native American story speaks of a struggling young brave visiting the, the wise man who tells him that to do right and wrong is like two packs of wolves, right? Battling it out one to to the other. You feel that, right? Two packs of wolves, they're fighting, they're struggling. Right and wrong, right and wrong, right? And the the brave says to him, that's exactly how I feel. But, oh, wise one, he said, which one wins? And the wise man smiles and he says, the one you feed. The one that you feed. Galatians chapter 6, beginning of verse 7, says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Okay, giving in, we, we all know this, right? Giving in to the whims of our flesh. For example, the overindulgence of food, right? Since we talk a lot about food this time of year. The overindulgence of food can lead to many health problems, can it? We all know that, right? Giving in to greed, or envy, lust, or anger, right? Giving in to the whims of the flesh leads to a ton of problems, doesn't it? We reap corruption when we give in. Fasting, then, is really something that's twofold. Number one, it's denying the flesh, but it's also feeding the spirit. Right? We, 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 we don't feed that pack of wolves, we feed this one. Right? That's why in the Bible, you always see fasting combined with prayer. It's, 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 you don't see one without the other. Fasting is always linked with prayer in the Scriptures. It's not just giving up something. It's taking in something else. It's feeding our spirit. It's pursuing God. It's feeding on His Word. It's building ourselves up spiritually, right? Without that, it's really empty, isn't it? 
Look what Isaiah chapter 58, uh, beginning of verse 3, says about fasting. It says, why have we fasted and you see it not? Why have we humbled ourselves and you take no knowledge of it? Here's the, the people of Israel. They're, they're observing their specified fasts that they had, right? According to the law. But apparently it wasn't gaining them anything. They're complaining. This isn't, this isn't doing us any good. Why? why? Right? First of all, look what it says. It says, you see it not. In other words, God, aren't you watching here? Look what we're doing. Right? Look at us. Fasting is not something that we do to earn points with God. Okay? It's not something to earn points. It's not something to focus God's attention on me. Fasting focuses our attention on Him, on His will. Thy will be done. Thy kingdom come. Right? It gets the focus of our attention away from our little world to what He's doing. The Lord answers them, and He says, Behold, in the day of your fast, you know, why, why aren't you taking notice? In the day of your fast, you seek your own pleasure. In other words, yeah, they were going without food for a day, but they were making up for it in other ways. So there was really no denial of the flesh, right? No emphasis on the spirit. They're going without food, but they're still doing this and that and the other thing. So they, they, they were... They were still focused on their pleasure. They were still focused on the flesh and not the spirit. So it wasn't getting them anywhere. Isaiah goes on. He says, you seek your own pleasure and you oppress all your workers. Behold, you fast only to quarrel and to fight and to hit with a wicked fist. Fasting like yours this day will not make your voice to be heard on high. What's he saying? He's saying they're doing this, this outward, wonderful, outward spiritual thing, but it's not having any effect on them inwardly. It's not affecting their lives. And so what were they modeling to the world around them? Right? They were modeling the practice of a religion that really had little effect on their hearts and on their lives. And according to God, it profited them. Nothing. Are you with me? See, Lent is not about giving up candy bars for a month. It's a season of spiritual emphasis. It's seriously taking this time to grasp our own mortality. We need to go back. It's, it's kind of what we do in communion in, in a, shorter, a lot shorter space of time. But, but it's a time to grasp our mortality. It's, it's a time to know that we have personally sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That we do not have the ability in and of ourselves to be righteous enough. Right? Like Paul, wretched man that I am. We, we, we can't be righteous enough. We can't save ourselves. And then, from that place, marveling, 
marveling in the fact that Jesus Christ, God the Son, came and and loves us in spite of all of that. That He came and died on the cross so that we could be forgiven, so that we could be cleansed, so that we could be reconciled to God. And then looking forward to the anniversary of the most important day in the history of mankind. The day that Jesus Christ rose from the grave, proving once and for all who he was, proving once and for all that that sacrifice is effective, that our sins can be cleansed, wiped out, because he rose from the grave. And then rising You see, victorious over sin, victorious over death, and then sharing that victory with us. Sharing that victory with us. Lent is a time, then, of reflection, of prayer, of spiritual renewal. So then, now that we've seen how to biblically participate in Lent, Why would we do it? Why would we do it? For that spiritual renewal. For a closer walk with God. So that we can better hear His voice. To have a greater focus, right? To to shift our attention. To have a greater focus on spiritual things. To get our lives that have been, you know, we've been doing this and that and this and that. and, And then we're focusing, right? Refocusing. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. What am I here for? What's life all about? Sharing His love with the rest of the world so that they can come to know Him too and living our lives the best that we can to influence others in that direction. Right? But walking with Him, not not observing religious practices, but walking with Him, hearing His voice, being led of the Spirit. Knowing Him. Paul says, I count everything else as dung. Original word in the Greek. As dung that I might know Him and the power of His resurrection. Right? So it's a refocus. We all need that from time to time, don't we? And it's a time, a solemn time, to prepare our hearts, kind of like we do Advent, right? What's, what's the whole season of Advent for? Preparing for the coming, right? We're preparing to celebrate this incredible, awesome day of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And while we're doing that, while we're drawing near to God, What a perfect time to begin to intercede for others. Let me encourage you this morning. Pick at least one person. At least one person during this season of Lent. right? Give up something. Give up some time to pray and intercede for at least one person, a friend, a co-worker, a neighbor, a family member. Lift them up before the Lord. Right? And pray not only that, that, that God will open their eyes to the truth, those that don't know Him, but that He'll give you an opportunity to say, hey, 
Come on to church with me Easter Sunday. It's one of the easiest times that people come to church, right? Christmas and Easter, we, you know, C and E's, right? People come. They, they, they feel like I can go to church on that day. So invite them. Come with me. Let me meet you there. Let me sit with you, right? Pray that God will give you opportunity knowing that when they're here Easter Sunday, they're going to hear the gospel and praying through that time of Lent that God will open their eyes. The Bible says the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers. That God would shatter that, open their eyes to the truth, and they would come to know Jesus Christ in a personal way and experience His love and His grace. Amen? That's what Lent's all about. Spiritual renewal for us and a wonderful opportunity to grow the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Ah, Lord, amazing grace. How sweet that sound. That saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind. But now I see. But Lord, you know, in the, in, the, in the ins and outs of life, Lord, the ups and downs, the, the challenges and, and work and the economy and, and COVID and this and so many things that, we, that draw our attention. Help us, Lord, to, to come to a place. Whether, whether we call it Lent, whether, whether we make it this... Um, uh, this 40-day thing, or just look forward to Resurrection Day. and Just take some time for renewal. Take some time to seek your face. Take some time for personal worship, to, to, uh, to, to get more into your word, Lord. Let you speak to us. Fasting something, maybe. Denying our flesh that we, that we may experience, Lord, uh, for, for those that maybe haven't, um, how, how going without food for, for a day or two or whatever heightens that spiritual connection because of the intent of our heart. That we might hear you, we might connect with you and know you all the better. Lead us, Lord. We need renewal. We look at the world around and we say, well, the world's doing this, the world's doing that, the world's doing the other thing. We need renewal. Meet us, Lord. Fill us afresh with your Spirit. Give us a greater revelation of your love and your grace for us that we might let it spill over to others. Thank you. Give you the glory, all the honor, Lord. Through Jesus we pray. Amen and amen.